everyone, I'm Sinhara, and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but it's specifically dedicated to Black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men. You guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with Asada, an infertility overcomer who took the holistic approach after receiving a terrible diagnosis. Don't just accept bad news. So Asada, um, tell me a little bit more um, about yourself and tell me about your diagnosis and how you dealt with that news. Okay, so um, I'm born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. I was an only girl to my mom. Um, my mom was vegetarian, so she fed us, you know, pretty decent. We still ate meat, but um, so that was there, you know, like that background was there. And let's see, when I turned 15, I got my cycle. My mom put me on birth control when I was about 16 because my cycles, they called them irregular. Mm-hmm. So I had been on birth control from 16. Um, I got my pap smears, you know, every year and everything. Um, but they were never really regular. And so when I turned 21, I went in for a regular pap and my OBGYN at the time, after my pap, they called me about two weeks after. And she told me that she wanted me to come back in to repeat the pap smear because I had some abnormal cells on my cervix. Okay. And this, this was in 2001. So I went back in to repeat the pap, and um, she also took a microscope, you know, really took a look at my cervix, um, and she told me that she wanted to perform a biopsy mm-hmm. because she suspected that I had cervical cancer, wow. and she also told me that I had uh, polycystic ovarian disease, so that was mm-hmm. when I first heard this term. You know, now people are calling it PCOS, yeah. but... Back in those days, it was just polycystic. (laughs) Yeah, I had never heard of it. So she told me that I had all these clusters of cysts on both of my ovaries. And Mm -hmm. that's why my cycles had been irregular. Um, That's why when I was about hmm, 15 or 16, I I was diagnosed with um, Mm hyperthyroidism. So she kind of said that all of that was connected. So I got the diagnosis. Um you know, for the polycystic ovarian disease, she did the biopsy and it took, she told me it would take about two weeks for the results to come back. And all I heard was cancer. I didn't know anything about cervical cancer. I didn't know anything about cancer really. And I cried. I was just devastated for about two weeks until I heard back from her. Uh, and she called me to give me the results. A lifestyle change. Results. What did you start to do in terms of your diet? So you got the news, and then you automatically went into changing your diet to change your diagnosis around. Right. So um, one thing I forgot to mention is that 
during my visit with her, she told me, okay, so basically this means you'll never be able to have a child and you'll be on fertility drugs for the rest of your life. So I was devastated about that and also about the the cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. So I cried, you know, and after I kind of got over the tears, I said, you know what, there's got to be another alternative. Um, because I had always wanted to be a mom and that was the main thing more so than the cancer was Mm -hmm. the infertility. So I just started, it was like a voice Mm -hmm. that basically said, you know, you need to start looking into diet. There's got Mm -hmm. to be something, you know, out there that will be able to help you some type of herbs. Like at this point, I didn't have really any, any knowledge Mm -hmm. on herbs, um, like I said, my mom was a vegetarian, but I wasn't really into anything like that. I mean, I ate pretty decent, but yeah. I hadn't really, you know, researched it. So I started researching and what I found when I started researching was that it just kind of took me down this whole rabbit hole. Um, first I started with the birth control. That's where I first started in the regular cycles that I had already, that I had already had, you know, basically my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so that started with the birth control and I got into the hormones, um, because I had been on about five or six different birth control because it was so much estrogen that it would make me sick. So I started there. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of led me to the endocrine system, starting with the hormones. And then I think I ran across soy initially. Mm-hmm. And when I ran across soy, it talked about um, how it disrupts um, the, the hormones and how women really shouldn't be eating a lot of soy. So I said, okay. And then I started looking into dairy and sugar and, um, cause the polycystic ovarian disease, when she mentioned the cyst, I found out that cysts and tumors are kind of grouped and classified in the same, like in a cluster, but mm-hmm. of course cysts are smaller mm-hmm. than tumors, but you know, they can, they're all just a growth. So yeah. I found out that sugar feeds them and that it makes them grow. So I was like, okay, oh my God, I got to start eating sugar. Mm -hmm. And um, then I started researching the dairy and I just started researching every, like every food that I was eating. And I made the decision then that I was going to eliminate um, dairy, sugar, meat, and alcohol out of my diet. That was my decision at that point. And so were you doing this Sort of like on your own, were you consulting with someone or you just kind of like trial and error? Let me try and see if this works for my body. What exactly were you doing to make these changes? Um, Yeah, so I wasn't consulting with anyone. I was just doing a lot of research. I was reading a lot of books. Um, Fortunately for me at that time, I had a group of friends. There were about 20 of us. It was like a community and everyone was really interested in making lifestyle changes and being vegetarian. It was very trendy at that time. And so luckily, you know, I had that support, but I was doing it more so for health reasons and people, they just, you know, they wanted to be vegetarian. So I was really serious about it. And actually I was the one that was doing the most of the cooking when we would get together. But, um, so I just started and I started with the food initially and I didn't stop everything at one time. This whole process for me of eliminating those four particular, um, foods out of my diet, it happened incrementally over time. I say about two and a half years. Extra with everything. So you change your diet, and then mm-hmm. after you change your diet, you start to see, I'm assuming, results because you end up getting pregnant. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah. So, um, like I said, it took about two and a half years for me to complete that. Uh, I was still on birth control at that time and I got off of birth control maybe about three years after I started. And at that point I started to change the foods first. And then I really got into herbs for the reproductive system, Mm -hmm. herbs like red raspberry and dung kwai and uva ursi. So I really started, um, just preparing my body for pregnancy. I, you know, I wasn't planning to have a baby mm-hmm. at that time, but I just started preparing my body and I started doing a lot of fasting, um, like juice cleansing, um, just eating raw foods, taking these herbs. I think I was taking folic acid, a lot of B vitamins. I was just taking a lot of herbs, um, and a lot of supplements at that time just to prepare my body for pregnancy. pregnancy. I started, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I started doing. I was my my personality is a really preventative, proactive type personality. Yeah. So I was just I was just really, really like extra with mm-hmm. everything. So that's what I started doing. And it worked for you because you got pregnant and you have how many children do you have now? I have I have three children. Yeah, but three I children. actually yeah I, I got pregnant four times. So I got pregnant. Um, my first child passed away, but I got pregnant four times. I had four beautiful home births. I was able to breastfeed all my babies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like on the completely different end of the spectrum now. Now I'm just I'm like super fertile. Choosing a home birth. And so with your home births, you had them. Was that in Tennessee? I know you live out the country now. Did you have mm-hmm. your home births in Tennessee and how did, did all that come together? Yeah, I had my home births in Tennessee um, because I had been reading so much about pregnancy. I had already started reading, reading about childbirth and also in retrospect from my experience with the OBGYN, I, I just I didn't really have a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. in OBGYNs mm-hmm. and I had been to uh, maybe about five or six hospital births so I knew innately that I did not want to have a hospital birth got it okay yes yeah so I started reading about pregnancy and conception and labor and the whole process and so I decided to go with with the midwife helping other women So with all the information that you have, um, all the research and stuff that you've done, um, what are you doing now to help women? Uh, I know you mentioned before that you're working on a course for reproductive Mm -hmm. health. Can you talk more about that and just talk more about uh, specifically what you're trying to do to help other women who could have been giving diagnosis or are kind of trying to figure out, oh, what do I do now? You know, I don't know if I can have children You can just Mm -hmm. like give some advice and talk about what you're doing. Okay. Well, one of the things that I'm doing um, actively on my social media accounts is really speaking to women about um, what they're eating um, and just a lot of the common complaints. Like right now, it's the fibroids, the hemorrhaging when their women are having their cycles, the painful, painful cramping. So really just putting a lot of information out there about, um, some foods that they need to avoid and also some herbs that they could start to implement into their regimen to help them with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on, um, like a weekly program that I'm going to be doing, um, 
It's called well, Women's Wellness. So I'll probably be doing it like on Wednesdays where I'll be picking a specific topic in relation to fertility or the reproductive system. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the issue with the fertility in women's health, it's it's really, it's rampant, you know, yeah. in my opinion, it's really out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've come to realize is that we really don't have a lot of basic information just about our bodies, mm-hmm. specifically the reproductive system. You know, we just don't. And, and that could go for women that are dealing with infertility or, you know, some of the conditions that I aforementioned, or you may have women that are just really fertile and they don't, they don't, they don't desire, you know, to have another child maybe ever at this point. And they don't even know how to track their cycles or to, Mm -hmm. you know, know when they're ovulating, they don't even know how to go through those processes. So really, really getting into talking about um, those things and sharing that information um, I'll also be discussing those things on my podcast that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am working with one of my midwives. We are developing, of course, uh, a plant-based pregnancy course. Oh, awesome. And yeah, because um, from her experience, there are a lot of women that they want to do um, plant-based while mm-hmm. they're pregnant, but mm-hmm. there just aren't a lot of resources out there. And, you know, doctors are always pushing protein and calcium, which is very important. It's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality of it is that you are able to have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby Mm -hmm. uh, without cow's milk or Mm -hmm. animal products. But it's just not a lot of information out there with how to do it. So we're working on developing a course where we'd be discussing um, plant-based pregnancies and it'll the scope of it will be actually uh, preconception mm-hmm. and also postpartum in terms of how you're feeding your baby, how you're going to be breastfeeding your baby and still doing it the whole time while you're plant-based. And in terms of the food here in the States, uh, you and I had talked about this um, earlier in our private call. Uh, the food here isn't good for our bodies. Um, and so what things can people do to get around that um, that you would recommend? You know, honestly, um, from from my, you know, I'm not living in the United States right now, but the best thing that a person could do is to make sure um, that they are doing some type of cleansing or fasting at least seasonally. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, I just mean you can just be doing juices or you can take, uh, you know, one day or two days out of the month where you're just eating salads or even if you're eating just salads up until four o'clock and just having, you know, one cooked meal at night, making sure that you're drinking a lot of quality water, organic mm-hmm organic, organic produce is definitely the way to go. I mean, you got to kind of work with what you have. have, Yeah. Yeah. You got to work with what you have. If you are eating, um, are consuming animal products, then, you know, grass fed. If you live in some type of area where you have access to a local butcher, you know, all of those things are available in certain areas, but it just really kind of depends on where you are. But small steps are really, really beneficial, um, you know, when you have like a large goal. And as far as herbs, there is an herb called red raspberry. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend that to any woman because it's just it's it's very good for the for the reproductive system in general. It's a uterine tonic, okay. and it's yeah, it's safe. You can use it prior to having a baby. You can use it while you're pregnant. You can use it while you're breastfeeding. It's not contraindicating any of those conditions.
trust your intuition. And do you have any uh, last uh, pointers to give to people? Any advice you can leave with them uh, to just like encourage them going forward? Um, yeah, I guess I would just say that, you know, I believe that as far as women, that our intuition is the greatest gift and the strongest gift that we have. And it's really, really important that we tap into that, especially when we are um, considering something like giving birth. Like Mm -hmm. this is something that is very natural to us. Mm -hmm. And we have to really, really, really make sure that we're paying attention to ourselves and also to our bodies. Mm -hmm. And also not to be so quick to listen to doctors. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for Western medicine in Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, life-threatening conditions Mm -hmm. or when you have some type of, you know, genetic anomaly, but in terms of just straight healthcare, I would definitely say to ask questions. If you're a woman and you get a diagnosis and a doctor says, this is what you have, and we want to go in and perform this surgery, ask discovery questions like, okay, what causes this? Mm -hmm. Um, What are some things that I could do um, naturally? You know, are there certain foods that I could take to avoid this? What type of lifestyle changes could I make Mm -hmm. to increase my chances of dealing with this in a natural way instead of using some type of invasive, um, invasive procedure like surgery, definitely ask questions. And if your intuition tells you that your doctor, maybe their bedside manner is not where you feel like it should be, or maybe you feel like you should get a second opinion, then by all means do that. So don't just accept bad news. (laughs) No, don't just accept bad news. Yeah, because if I had accepted bad news, I don't know where my life would be. Because if it wasn't for my desire Mm -hmm. to be a mother, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be plant-based. I don't know if I would be doing anything that I'm doing right now, honestly. I'd like to thank my guests, Asada and Zynga, for joining us today. And as you can see and hear from her story, there's more than one way to tackling infertility and always encourage people and tell them to do what works best for your body, because what may work good for you may not work good for me and vice versa, but you should be actively pursuing those things that you want. And if motherhood is one of those things, you should be taking care of your body and doing the things that will bring you the best results for fertility. I'm Sinhara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and at sinhara eastman.com.